never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that has been hard at work at its Fortnite fan fiction, and you will not believe who we're shipping. My name is Drew. I'll be your host of the evening, along with me, as always, my brother Peter. Here. What's up, dude? Not much. I just had to groan at the uh, shipping part, but uh, it's all good. You know more about Fortnite than me, I think. So I, you know, I was just trying to think what good, what would, what would be a good franchise to plug into that joke. <laughs> right. You don't hear Fortnite a lot, but I might be just out of touch. I'm not sure. Well, I hear Fortnite all the time. I just was like, what would be a good, like, super popular, but like almost kind of tired franchise that could fit really well. Right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, it has been a whirlwind of the past two weeks. Let me catch the audience up real quick. Peter and I had a discussion about our release schedule. So, um, and usually what we are is we're about a week ahead of everybody, a week ahead of our listeners. So we record one episode a week but we release them in a sense that you're one week behind what we're talking about. And we do that on one of the reasons we do that is because of spoilers. We don't want to spoil anything because by the time you get to our episode or we're reviewing it, hopefully you've seen it. But it makes our news behind curve. Well, mm-hmm. Peter and I have talked about this several times over the years. And going into a new chapter in the show, we are going to be like hardcore current. So we're going to record on like a Tuesday or Thursday, depending on the way our schedules line up. And then the following Monday, our episodes will be dropping. So it'll be hyper current. If I say Doctor Strange is releasing on this weekend, you will get a review that coming week. Um, It'll be so we won't. And the news will be a lot more current, too. So what will happen is, is if we have to take a week off, we'll just let you know. But right now we're that's where we're at. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Peter, but. Um, no, I think you pretty much covered it there. I'm just thinking about, uh, this upcoming weekend, which I've, <laughs> I've already mentioned in a text thread that both of us are involved in. This is nerd week. Uh, we have Top Gun, Stranger Things, and, uh, Obi-Wan all coming out this weekend. So not there's going to be a lot of current stuff this next not, episode. <laughs> not only is Obi-Wan, Stranger Things, and Top Gun hitting this week, it's Star Wars Celebration Week. Oh, awesome. I didn't even realize that. So the that's, nightmare that's of new, the nightmare. And this is like a blessing in disguise because part of me was like, man, this week just needs to end. And then I was like, oh, it's Star Wars Celebration. So I rushed home from work, flipped on the TV because I cannot be in Anaheim right now, rushed home from work, flipped on the TV, turned on YouTube, and I've been streaming Celebration since I got home. That's uh, awesome. So I got to, so I got to catch um, 
the end of the Emperor panel with Ian McDiarmid. I got to see the interview with Kathleen Kennedy. I got to see the interview with Obi-Wan. Um, sorry, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. I got to see the Ashley Eckstein <laughs> interview. Like, the week's just started. And the amount of trailers that have dropped has been ridiculous. So. Absolutely. That being said. Some, some night- awesome trailers that have came out, so. Yes. Now, before we move any further, I need to stress Sorry. That- that Peter is in the middle of a thunderstorm. <laughs> so Yes, am I breaking up at all? You broke up just a tiny bit, but I just wanted okay. to warn everybody now, if we lose you, I'll do my best to keep talking while I get you back on. <laughs> and um, <laughs> if there's any weirdness in your uh, recording, that's that. Um, but at any rate, so this is how I'm going to handle watching and reading this week. I'm going to tell you this. I am, my schedule is so incredibly jam-packed busy that I'm lucky I know what day it is. The majority of my time since we last sought to sit down and discuss, Peter, I have I'm running three Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. This podcast, a ridiculous amount of work because I pulled a whole bunch of overtime duties. So my paycheck looks great. And I have construction going on in my house right now. Um, So the only thing I got to watch is the disgusting amount of trailer. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, disgusting amount of trailer. Um, so they're going to be quick yeah. views because honestly, you can go online, you can watch these trailers. These are my brief thoughts because some of these trailers, I don't know, I don't have a lot to say about them. So, um, did you watch anything outside of trailers? Because otherwise, you and I are going to go back and forth on some trailers. So, and it's going to all lead into news. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's all going to lead into news because there is a mega ton of news. So why don't you tell me the stuff that you did watch that I didn't? <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So um, I did. I did watch a couple of things. No, no, you're good. Uh, I did watch a couple of things. Um, I just a side note. I did tinker with a Internet thing on my end while you were talking. So I'm yeah. hoping I'm not going to break up as much now. But if I do, sure. uh, we'll just adjust that as we need. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So to get our show on uh, this current um production schedule, if you will, as you mentioned before, um, we actually took a week off. So I didn't want to be the guy who came back after two weeks without watching anything. <laughs> so I actually do have a couple things, but they're pretty quick reviews. I can keep them really weird, short. That was a weird dig you just hit me with, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I I didn't even think of it that way. I wasn't trying <laughs> to single you out. I was just thinking like, I just didn't want to not watch anything, I guess, since I had a little extra time. But yeah, no, 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 uh, yeah, no harm meant by that comment. Um, so the first thing I wanted to mention is I watched this movie on Netflix. I don't think this is a Netflix original film, but it's this uh, drama, thriller, horror. I don't know exactly what box to put it in, but it's this movie called The Rental. Um, Drew, I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, this movie stars Alison Brie, as well as a couple other actors that I didn't know, so I don't know if they're really big names. But it's essentially this movie about two couples, you know, uh, two couples go on a, uh, you know, a weekend retreat to an Airbnb. They go to stay in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it's one of those things. The movie kind of reminds me of uh, The Invitation, if anybody's familiar with that movie. But it seems like it's going to be this sort of intense sort of drama thriller where it's like this group of close friends go out to this secluded location and you know secrets are going to be revealed and stuff's going to hit the fan and it's probably going to end up being some crazy dramatic experience um but this movie is 
it's one of those things where they show up at the cabin and uh when they show up the uh the, the owner is there and he gives them them the tour and the owner is this just super creepy guy and that's as far as plot synopsis that's where i'm gonna stop because anything i could say further is uh going to be a big spoiler but uh like i said i thought this was going to be kind of like a drama thriller sort of situation and by the end it's kind of like a full-fledged horror movie and it's just it's really cool in a lot of different ways uh there's a couple different turning points in the movie where something happens and the movie shifts and it almost has different plots inside this one movie which is pretty interesting and uh there's a big twist which i'm not going to spoil but it's there's kind of a really cool play on a really well-known sort of horror movie trope that I really, really loved in this one. So I wanted to keep the review short, but uh, I, yeah, I just would definitely recommend that movie. I don't know if you have any questions, Drew, or if I should move on to the, the next thing I watched. It sounds familiar, so I'm going to have to go take a look because I'm like, I know, I think I know what this is, or at least I knew it was coming. Um, yeah. You started mentioning the cast. I'm like, oh, wait, I, I know this movie, but. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's called the rental. It's came out. I think it came out within the last year or two. Like it's pretty new as far as I know. So uh, the other thing I watched, which I actually just kind of stumbled onto this by seeing a little bit of buzz for it online, but I watched this TV show pilot called Mystery Incorporated. Uh, are you Mystery, at all familiar with this? Drew? You say Mystery Incorporated? Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and basically. What this is it's like an indie fan made tv like live action tv show about scooby-doo so it's scooby and the gang you know oh and is this uh an indie thing i no no this isn't this is like completely independent which is pretty interesting so it's essentially these this group of like it's like fan made or indie made and it's this group of people who basically made this serious like scooby-doo show that's pretty cool they kind of really try to emulate the sort of uh riverdale formula with this show um especially like if you watch it like the way it's edited and uh, the music choices and stuff the show feels a lot like riverdale um this is just something i saw mentioned online a lot where people are like oh you got to check this out this is a great scooby-doo adaptation and uh it's just, as far as I know, it's a, they produced this pilot and they're sort of kickstarting the rest of the series. As far as uh, like copyright issues and stuff, I don't know how that all works with this, but this was a pretty cool watch. Like it, it is fan made, so it's not quite um, Riverdale level production value, if you will, but it is a really uh, pretty cool little thing that I stumbled onto and I'm looking forward to what they come up with next. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is what I thought was interesting is this show seems to have actual supernatural occurrences that okay. happen in it, which is really interesting as opposed to everything being like some dude in a mask or some optical illusion. As far as I can tell, they're dealing with like real ghosts and demons and stuff. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> Interesting. So just so you know, you are popping a little bit. And, uh, lastly, the other thing that I want. Oh, I am popping. You are popping a little bit. Yeah, okay, I'm assuming okay. it's weather um, related, but just to give you the heads well, up. Well, um, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Pete? Yeah, yeah, sure thing. Um, keeps. Yes. Okay. I'm popping a lot, I take it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> um, I was about to wrap things up, actually. The only other thing I was going to mention is that um, out of the blue, I decided to rewatch uh, Strip Search, which is the uh, Penny Arcade produced reality show about a bunch of comic strip artists kind of competing to have a uh, page on Penny Arcade's website. And uh, this was just kind of a fun, nostalgic sort of uh, uh uh, watch for me because this show came out in like 2013 I want to say so it's been about nine years and it's one of those things that I've been watching and just like wow I've literally forgotten about everybody on the show and everything that's happened so that's been really cool and it's been motivating me to uh, be creative and draw actually and stuff so that's cool but um, yeah that's about it for me okay so <laughs> yeah and I don't know that series actually at all um but all right, so let's talk trailers, which is going to lead into news heavily. So we might rotate these trailers around. I'm going to split some of these trailers up, if that's all right with you. Okay, um, yeah, sure. So first off, oh, I'm sorry. This, I, as I'm looking at my notes, there is one thing I started watching, and that's I watched the first couple episodes of the new season of Flight Attendant. So far, awesome. Okay. I If you... <laughs> Just go watch it because the first season's great if you haven't. But so far, I like it, but I'm not far enough to really give a legit review. So, um, the uh, okay, so let's do this. All right, here's a trailer, and this is one I didn't tell you to watch, and I kind of stumbled on it. Is CBS has a new show coming out called True Lies? <laughs> okay, is um, it based off the movie? It certainly is. Crazy. <laughs> Um, and it's CBS, which blows my mind a little bit, but, uh, the show doesn't look actually half bad. Um, I'd be curious to see a little bit more to be completely honest, but it does look like they literally just kind of rebooted the entire movie and recast it. And here we go. So yeah, it does look honestly kind of fun. Um, so I would definitely say check out the trailer for it if you haven't already. Um, and it looks like it stars uh, the She-Hulk actress and uh, the one dude from Shameless. <laughs> uh, the one dude from Shameless, but she's not. Um, that is that. That's not the main She-Hulk actress, is it? I'm just looking. I just did a quick Google search. Um, I don't know if she's the main one. That's just one of the articles said she was in She-Hulk. So. Oh, okay. She could be in She-Hulk. I just don't think she's the main one. Oh, uh, fair enough. <laughs> speaking of She-Hulk, let's talk about that trailer real quick. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> she, she Hulk, um, look, the show looks cool, okay? It was really nice to see Bruce Banner again. It was really nice to see we we're going to see the Hulk again. Uh, the show in general seems kind of cool. However, there's some things that made me scratch my head a little bit, like the part where She-Hulk is, like, on a date. I was like, wait, what? Yes. Um, yeah. That, that struck me as odd. And, you know, the Hulk CG has never been the best CG out there. But we accept it for what it is because he's the Hulk and ultimately he's awesome. The, the She-Hulk CG has got to be running off the same graphics engine, I guess you could say. And it looks, in my opinion, pretty goofy. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, and that's No, like, I think big, that's the That's main, like my big take on the trailer. That's it's like the like, complaint. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's my big take on the trailer is the CG just looks kind of goofy <laughs> um right <laughs> so yeah 
<laughs> it's it's a weird thing. That's basically been the main complaint. So I don't want to drill into the wall too much about just like the CG in this show. It is kind of interesting because She Hulk like doesn't have that much of a monstrous appearance and stuff. So part of me wonders like, could they pull and off a more believable thing with practical effects? You know what I mean? I wonder if um, they could, and they don't need like yeah, she probably needs to be bigger. But I feel like you could do that with camera tricks. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Like what they did with um, uh, like Lord of the Rings, and maybe yeah. make her green, but they're too far in to like change it now. <laughs> so we're gonna have to accept right. it for what it is. <laughs> but um, my my only other complaint is really kind of what you're getting at though too is. And there might be more of this in the show, and this could just be a bad edit for the trailer, but there is a level of, kind of like what I said for the Thor Love and Thunder teaser, there's a level of conflict that I'm not getting out of this trailer. Like, it kind of looks more like a sitcom to me than like a superhero show, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. However, items of note. It was great to see Bruce Banner again. Yeah. also great to see The Abomination again even in prison absolutely yeah we got to see him in shang chi but like we're we're seeing him now in whatever that like test containment cell it is and it's tim roth sitting there being tim roth which is awesome so um yeah there's some there's some gold there that i think will be ultimately cool so i i am going to be watching you know yeah Uh, absolutely (laughs) since we're on marvel let's talk about the thor trailer what do you think of that so this one was a lot better than the first one i mean i just mentioned the first one but it shows a lot more of the plot, a lot more of uh, the main conflict going on. It it definitely looks like it's going to be a good adventure. So, yeah, that's kind of what I was left with is I'm just a lot more excited um, compared to what they showed me the first time around. How about you? Um, well, so first off, it was great in general. Uh, visually, the, com- the comedy is very clear that they're sticking with that Thor Ragnarok kind of vibe. And it just looks like a lot of fun to watch seeing Jane Foster in the Thor armor and learning how that's all going to play out because the Marvel, because the Marvel movies have kind of become its own canon. Now it's to a point where I can say, yeah, I read the comic books, but that means nothing when you compare it to the movies because they've kind of become their own thing. Yeah. Um, So I'm really curious to see how that got adapted. Um, But the big takeaway from this trailer, in my opinion, was our glimpse at gore. Um, and seeing Christian Bale for the first time as the villain in the movie. Um, I was concerned that Christian Bale was going to end up being a CG character. No, he is not. They made him a legit practical effect um, creature, character, villain, and he looks awesome. He looks threatening. He actually looks like he should be like the next Thanos, if you will. Um, He looks like he would kick Thanos' ass, to be completely honest. Um, and it makes me really excited for him. He looks dark and like really calculating and driven. And sometimes those villains are way more scary than the big hulking ones. It's the ones who are walking around that know that they're right and everyone else is wrong. That's a scary level of evil. And that's what I get from seeing Gore the God Butcher. And I, it makes me real excited specifically for Christian Bale in this movie. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I'm pretty much right there with you. And Christian Bale looks awesome. And uh, the way he looks is awesome in the trailer. And that's the thing is when I watched this, I was like, man, he just looks so badass. But I kept seeing all these uh, this online like hatred for the way that he looks. And I was kind of curious because I'm not too familiar with Gore as a character in the comics. And I kind of looked up what Gore looked like. And I was like, 
well, he looks really cool in the movie, but if they did like a true comic book approach, he also could just look really badass if they went with the, the original design. And I'm not really quite sure where I sit on that yet, because I think I was kind of surprised how like cool this character looked if they just went with a true to comic version of him. You know, um, they wouldn't even have to change too much. So that's kind of a topic that's up for debate. But no, I do agree with you. I, I think the debate is where I sit. Where I sit on this is I know what he looks like in the comics. I know what he looks like in the movies or what he will look like in the movie. And I know what actor they chose to play him. And instead of making Christian Bale voice a CG villain or like James Spader did with Ultron, let's make this villain ridiculously menacing. But we're just going to put Christian Bale on screen because he's that he's such a good actor. And why the hell not? You know, um, no, so. I agree with that. There's just part of me that also goes like, why don't we do the Ron Perlman Hellboy approach and just do an amazing practical makeup effect on Christian Bale that he can act really well through and stuff like that. So, you know, and there's that argument. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, he does look badass. So I'm not I'm not trying to argue too much. I'm just saying yeah, I can yeah. see both sides of the coin. All right. Well, we're going to come back to trailer in a second because like i said we can wrap news around all this nonsense so um because we're talking about marvel let's talk about this disney plus is officially a new daredevil series in the works for disney plus awesome oh man i Uh, mean awesome is this going to be a continuation from the netflix series though um i believe so reportedly (laughs) continuing from netflix series following the events of marvel studios and developing uh the daredevil for disney plus Further details have claimed uh, the show will be a continuation of where the character left off on Netflix, as okay, well perfect. as being some something new. It'll be the first um, of the Netflix Marvel shows to get to be a continued series. Here's the thing. After, after seeing Charlie Cox and Spider-Man, I was like, we're getting Daredevil. It's coming. Um, so awesome. Yeah. Um, and other Marvel news. This is a rumor. Um but Marvel Studios is rumored to be working on a live-action Captain Carter project. Not really surprised that this is a thing. Again, it's a rumor, but we all know how the internet works. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So take that for what I just said. Um, As I scroll through here, um, Marvel has made a deal to use Stan Lee's likeness for the next 20 years. Uh. Uh, Genius Brands International and POW Entertainment have signed a 20-year deal with Marvel to license the name and likeness of Stan Lee for use in future feature films and television product productions, as well as Disney theme parks, various experiences, and merchandise. Uh, it really ensures that Stan Lee, through digital technology and the archival footage of other forms, will live in the most important venue in Marvel movies and Disney theme parks. Um, this is kind of big. Um you got to go back. This goes back long before Star Wars Rogue One. Lucasfilm was r- snagging up uh, copyrights and likeness rights and all kinds of stuff to celebrities who passed away because they were working on Peter Cushing to return in Rogue One. And when they realized what they had for technology and getting the facial structure right and being able to recreate them digitally, it was like, who else can we do? So think about it. You're able to make we know we have a we have an Elvis biopic coming. 
But what if we could have an Elvis biopic with Elvis <laughs> and being able to digitally recreate him on the screen? We have a Marilyn Monroe biopic coming, but what if we could do it with Marilyn Monroe for real? That's insane. So the idea of that's just absolutely nuts. So it sounds like we're going to be getting digital Stan Lee for the next 20 years in Marvel movies, Marvel TV shows, Disney theme parks, everything. I look at this as a cool thing and a bad thing. Um, there are parts where Stanley might appear and you might not know it's a Stanley cameo because it sounds like if they got his likeness, they might be able to put Stanley at any age of his life in certain things. Right. So you might pass by and completely miss the Stanley cameo because you weren't, you didn't even know that, that was Stanley on screen. Um, I think this is weird on some level, but I think this is very cool at the same time. So I don't know what you think, but I, was like we need to talk about that <laughs> so. i think when it when it comes to the scenario where we're digitally bringing all sorts of celebrities back from the dead to star in movies and stuff i do think there's like a lot of ethical questions that go into that yeah. for if you're looking at stan lee specifically i actually think this is pretty cool i think um Disney is obviously putting out a lot of Marvel content and it totally makes sense that Stan Lee would like his likeness would be a part of that. And I think it is a way to honor him as the uh, amazing creator that he is. I know um, you mentioned POW Entertainment earlier, which I'm assuming I know he was working before he passed away. He was doing a lot of products with like a smaller comic book publisher. And I think it might be POW um, now that I now that I hear this story. And yeah. I feel like that's a smaller company that's like it's cool that they still had likeness rights to Stan Lee. But it's also like Disney is obviously going to release the really big title stuff that's really going to have his likeness reach the most people and you know they're going to be the big cult they're going to release the big cultural touchstones you know if that makes sense so i think this is kind of a cool development but um i also don't know if i want to if i want to be watching cg versions of like every deceased celebrity till the, you know for the rest sure. of the time if that makes sense <laughs> sure. um yeah no i hear you all right here we go um here's some quick ones uh, Sony announces TV shows of Horizon, God of War, and Gran Turismo being produced for Amazon right now. Um, okay. Okay. I feel like we talked about God of War before on the show, actually. Maybe. Like a long time ago. Maybe. I don't remember, honestly. I was like, oh, they're going to double down and make some video game TV. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on top of that video game TV, Speed Racer will be a live action series from J.J. Abrams on Apple TV coming soon. Um, which okay. I did not see coming, but wow. Okay. You know, I mean, the speed race racer movie was pretty awesome. That was the, uh, Wachowskis who did that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to see how JJ Abrams approaches it. Yeah. 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 Um, Margot Robbie and Jay Roach team up for an oceans 11 prequel film. Um, this is interesting. Margot Robbie will star in and produce a new movie in the Ocean's Eleven franchise and will be helmed by Jay Roach, who directed her to be a Best Supporting Actress uh, for the movie Bombshell. It's going to be a prequel film set in Europe during the 1960s. Um, oh, crazy. Right now, it's I. that sounds cool. I don't yeah. know. There's not much more than that as far as news. So this is kind of quick. Um, I wonder if she's playing like Danny Ocean's mom or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm down right now. Um, 
Um, Rita Moreno is going to play Dominic Toretto's grandmother in Fast 10. <laughs> okay. I mean, at this point, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, th- I have nothing on that. That's it. <laughs> um, let's see. Warner Brothers is heavily doubling down on Harry Potter. It's a new day at Warner Brothers Discovery, and after a massive merger, the new day includes Harry Potter, more Harry Potter, despite the performance of the third Fantastic Beast movie. So basically, they are basically saying a lot more Harry Potter coming down the pipe. Um, now, this is what I'm going to say, and I know you could technically throw it in my face with Star Wars because not everyone likes certain, like, some people like certain parts <laughs> of Star Wars, some people don't, and it gets divisive. There is a quality versus quantity thing. Star Wars had gaps. Three movies came oh, out. Right, yeah. We waited 20 years. Three movies came out. We waited 15 years. We got some more movies. Now we're getting television shows. You see what I'm saying? There's gaps. And it made us want and ask for more. Harry Potter, I don't feel, has ever stopped. And I feel like the same things happened with Fast and the Furious. So I think we're in that segment of... It's going and going and going. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, we're getting a lot more Harry Potter. That's kind of all I have on that. <laughs> I so. think I think it might be a little bit of the uh, the Fantastic Beasts movies aren't doing super well. And I'm I'm probably assuming some I might be assuming too much, but I feel like they might just be bringing more Harry Potter movies that are closer to home that maybe directly deal more with uh, Hogwarts and uh, the Harry Potter proper characters that we all fell in love with in the first place and stuff. And I, I, I almost feel like this is just more of a course correction because to me, I'm a little bit where like, I feel like there has been a Harry Potter gap because there just hasn't been a Harry Potter movie that I've liked for a long enough time that I'm excited for them to take it in a new direction. You know what I mean? There has been a gap because they haven't made a good movie. In that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a real funny way of putting it. Um, okay. Moving on. Cause we still have a ton of stuff to cover. Um, Spinal Tap is getting a sequel. Oh, is this okay? Is it Christopher Guest? I believe so. Um, okay. Get ready for to go for uh, Rob Reiner is re-teaming with the original cast of his original film for a This Is Spinal Tap sequel. Um, <laughs> that sounds fantastic. If you've never seen the movie This Is Spinal Tap, it's a mockumentary about a fake band. And um, the movie is fantastic. And this makes me so excited to see uh, Spinal Tap. Again. I think it's I think it's good timing. Like we just had <laughs> yeah. it's not ex- it's a little bit. Like, we just had the Bill and Ted uh, sequel and stuff, and, like, it seems like it, this is a good timing for it to come out. But, yeah, this yeah. is really exciting. The first movie is a, an absolute classic. Everybody needs to watch it if they haven't before. Well, so. we're, at a point, we're at a point right now with what's what uh, the industry is starting to call legacy films, where they're taking, they're taking these old movies and giving them reboots or slash sequels and bringing yes. us forward ahead of time. And right now, the most popular... Um, legacy film that's about to hit and fall on our laps is Top Gun. Um, I will be seeing it, so come our next episode, Peter, I will have a review of Top Gun. Yeah, I'm going to see it tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Okay, so you're going to get to see it before me, so keep that review to yourself. We'll talk about <laughs> stuff. 
Um, <laughs> right on. Um, also, okay, next week we're gonna have Obi Wan and Star Wars to talk about. I'm probably because of my schedule, I might have to save Stranger Things. Yeah. Just cause, but like I it's said, it's also a holiday weekend, so it's gonna be hard to fit everything in. Yeah, holiday um, weekend is gonna be hard to sucks, but I, I know I can get Obi Wan in because it's gonna be only two episodes, and I know I got Top Gun because I already got my tickets. So, um, but. I'm so excited for Top Gun. I did. That is one thing I did rewatch this week leading up to is I got a chance to watch nice. Top Gun just to get myself mentally prepared. Um, <laughs> but something this is something I absolutely love. This is not really a news story, but this made me really, really happy to hear. Um, in an interview Tom Cruise had um, at the premiere of Top Gun, he um, had. Um, he said that he is so obsessed with the theatrical experience, he goes to every movie that comes out in theaters. And he wears, like, a baseball cap and a jacket to, like, hide until he gets in and the lights are dark. But he goes to see every single movie. And I think to myself, one, how does a guy like Tom Cruise have the time to do that With when you think about how busy his schedule is? But at the same time, <laughs> that is awesome. Like, that is so cool because, like, I wish I had the time to go see every right. theater and support the industry because I just – I love movies. And that's the whole reason we started this podcast because we love movies, right? Absolutely. Uh, so it, it just – sounds just, like <laughs> – It just made me happy to see that he does that. So anyway. And it ahead. sounds like a Tom Cruise thing to do. Like, if he's going to go see movies, he's going to do it all the way. And I think that's really funny. <laughs> right. From right. things I've heard, he kind of – from what I know, um, based around like personal assistance and uh, stuff like that, it from what I've heard, it sounds like he kind of has like this infrastructure built around himself where he pretty much only has to worry about his craft and just focus yeah. on that. So it makes sense that he would have time to take in movies as much as he has time to make them. So, yeah, yeah. really interesting. Well, speaking of Tom Cruise, did you watch the Mission Impossible trailer that dropped this week? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> Um, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I think it's awesome that it has a Part 1 in the title because we knew it was two movies filmed back-to-back. This, oh, dude. (laughs) That trailer, like, had me, like, first off, on this, like, Top Gun high. So excited because Top Gun's coming out this week. And Tom (laughs) Cruise is like, hey, by the way, if you're excited for Top Gun, check out this other Mission Impossible thing I did. And I'm like, God, this looks so good. But one of the things that really caught my attention. The first part, you have a lot of returning cast members. So if you've been keeping up with Mission Impossible, there's a lot of returning people, which is great. Um, Haley Atwell um, is in it. She played Agent Carter, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you watch, um, if you've seen the original Mission Impossible, um, I, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name right now, but if you watch the original Mission Impossible, there is a um, the actor who played Kittredge. He was the CIA agent that was after Ethan Hunt. Um, okay. Um, he's back, and um, I thought, and I was like, oh my god! And like, I'm watching the trailer. I'm like, Kittredge is back. Um, <laughs> um, Henry Cerny. Uh, that's the actor's name, Henry Cerny. He um, he was awesome in the original. And then I've seen in other things he does. He's just a really I think he's a really good character actor. And it was really cool to see him in back here in the trailer. So, um, oh, absolutely. I actually um, I just looked him up because I didn't know his uh, name off the top of my head. Sure. But 
he was the guy who was talking to uh, Ethan Hawke at the beginning of the trailer, right? Ethan Hunt, and yes. Ethan Hunt, yes. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan Hawke is an actor. <laughs> you're right, you're right. I actually thought I got it right, but, I mean, it's an honest mistake, but... Uh, yeah, no, no I, I actually it. really... Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I really liked his um, dialogue with him, though, because it was really interesting, because what I got from it is, like, you are... Like, obviously, he's uh, facing uh, Tom Cruise's character uh, with a hard decision, but... It was almost with this tone of like, you've saved the world so many times, but how are you ready to make this choice that's going to impact like literally like the future generations and stuff? And it seemed like a really interesting way to up the ante. Like, are you and I can't I can't repeat it word for word, but that's the vibe I got it from. Like, what's going to happen is going to globally affect the future of this world. And it was just a really cool thing. And it seems like a really cool situation for the series to go out on you know yeah um yeah yeah yeah. i don't know this and this is a two-part um this could be the end of tom cruise's run at mission impossible they could basically say this is the last possible they could be like this is the last one we're going to do and you know maybe they're going to usher into a new character being the helm of it who knows dude um well they can just cgi tom cruise in the future yeah (laughs) if they're gonna if they're gonna keep going I either want Tom Cruise involved in some way or you better keep making these movies the way Tom Cruise would because he no one makes movies like Tom Cruise right now. And knowing how real he tries to get these movies, like he doesn't want to rely on computers and tech. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. He wants to do everything as practical as possible. And that's a specific Absolutely. style of filmmaking that I think is lost. It's a lost art these days. Um, OK, um, let's talk about Stranger Things real quick. Stranger Things. um has long, long episodes. Yes, I saw this. <laughs> um, yeah. Stranger Things. Um, yeah, okay, hold on a second. So we have a breakdown here. This is where the season's going to... Pl- okay, hold on. Stranger Things creator Matt Ross. Okay, Stranger Things creator Matt Ross. Um, Matt and Ross Duffer have... Um, confirmed that the adventures and the upcoming season are so massive that the season finale is currently longer than two hours. Episodes seven and nine in particular are movies and nine is a long movie. Um, we're still refining it, but we, we will say that it's over two hours. It's a big one. Okay. This really does a breakdown here. Here's the thing. Stranger Things season four is going to have nine episodes, seven episodes for volume one. Um, so, and then volume two is going to have two episodes. Because remember how I said season four was being broken into two parts? Yeah. So episodes one through seven are airing May 27th. Okay. Episode seven will be an hour and 38 minutes long. Okay. Volume two is only episodes eight and nine, and they arrive July 1st. So one month later. Episode eight is going to be an hour and 25 minutes. And episode nine is two hours and 30 minutes. Um, that's awesome. Like, basically, they just like, we're just going to have to make movies at this point. There's just way <laughs> too much stuff to do. So it's a quick. Strange- yeah, I'm all here for it. It's awesome. <laughs> I know. It's just a quick strange- Stranger Things update for us all. Um, OK, Blue Beetle is in front of cameras right now. And yes. an image of the costume has been released. I'm looking at it right now. And to be completely honest, there's going to be, I guarantee there'll be a little bit of CG cleanup, 
But this looks awesome. Like this looks oh, yeah. like legitly jumped off the pages of the book. So for an audio podcast, everyone should Google Blue Beetle costume. Um, but yeah, yeah absolutely. it looks phenomenal, man. Um, I was really impressed because you sent me like you basically sent it to me saying, dude, check this out. And then and right yeah. after you sent it, I started seeing it pop. So what are your thoughts, dude? This thing's cool. I agree. It looks awesome. I think um, not only like there there might be some CGI cleanup, but you also have to remember, like, we're not seeing it in the lighting that it's meant to be seen with when you actually watch the movie. But yeah, it looks amazing. Like it's uh, the Jaime Reyes uh, version of Blue Beetle. And it looks exactly like it does look like just like it jumped out of the comic, but it looks just so good. Like the textures and the design of it are, is just amazing. It really looks to me. It also really looks alien, which, you know, it is an alien suit that he wears and interacts with. And, uh, I just think this is a really promising view into this blue beetle project they're working on. I'm super excited, uh, more so than I was to begin with, but you know, some comic book movies, like some comic book costumes, they, do okay with but i think some of them they really knock it out of the park and i think this is an example of that uh for sure right on yeah i don't know it just it looks really really good okay we're gonna get to uh let's talk about an action film did you watch the trailer gray man yeah yeah i did watch that all right <laughs> yeah ryan gosling anna diarmas and chris evans i'm not 100 percent sure what this movie's about i really don't want to i honestly don't want to look at um, a description. I've been hearing things about the gray man for a long time. I knew what the cast was. The trailer makes it look like Chris Evans is some kind of government spook hitman guy who's hunting down uh, Ryan Gosling and somewhere there Anna the Armas fits in. What I know is this back in the eighties, early nineties, there was a special degree of action film that would come out and they would all be unique they wouldn't all jump into franchises. They'd be really exciting, fast-paced action-adventure films. Right. You'd just be excited to see them. This looks like a back-to-that-form kind of an action film. It just Absolutely. looks super fun, man. Um, I'm literally watching the trailer, and, like, someone tried talking to me while I was watching the trailer. Like, Don't talk to me right now. And I was so <laughs> focused. I was so focused. I'm like, this trailer looks astounding. Uh, that's going to be hitting Netflix. I can't wait for it. I, my butt is definitely in a seat for the gray man. I don't know what you thought of the trailer. So, yeah, it just looked super solid. Like it looks like a super solid action movie and there was just jaw dropping scenes like during the trailer and stuff. And yeah, it seems like the concept has this interesting sort of like, you know, gray men are like these people, the government brings in or whatever to uh, solve certain problems. And I don't really know how it all plays out, but it seems like it's an interesting enough concept and it just looks like a really high level of just like good action. And uh, it's produced or it's, you know, written hey, and or directed brothers. by the Russo brothers. Yep, exactly. Right. And, uh, and you're just that's like, awesome too. what's cool about that is here's these guys that make these super successful superhero action films. But we saw what they did with like Civil War and um, Winter Soldier that was kind of hyper realistic in comparison to the capes. Yeah. And this looks like, hey, what if we went and made a movie that's just a straight action film and just focus on the fact that we're good at doing action movies? <laughs> like I said, Absolutely, dude, it yeah. looks awesome. 
Um, <laughs> and sometimes it's okay for just a regular action movie. Like you don't yeah. always need capes and superpowers and <laughs> all yeah, that. But uh, so check out the trailer for the Gray Man. Awesome. Um, okay, Winnie the Pooh is getting a horror yes. film. <laughs> I saw this. <laughs> I was actually, I honestly was hoping you didn't, so I could be like, dude, check this out. <laughs> I haven't um, seen more than a couple uh, screenshots. I haven't. I don't know if there's a trailer or anything else out. All for I've it, all I have seen is screenshots. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, horror movie. Um, this sound, I don't even, I honestly don't even know where to start. Um, the image, like the screenshot of what Pooh looks like is really creepy. The image of Piglet is really creepy. Um, this just looks bonkers. Uh, what is your take on this? <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, I'm excited to see this. I, uh, I'm really curious about the backstory of this. Um, there's always been... You know, you see online all these memes and stuff about how all the uh, Winnie the Pooh characters represent some kind of a uh, mental illness or something like that. And I almost feel like this is a movie that came out of like a couple dudes sitting around having a conversation and just like, what if we turned all the Winnie the Pooh characters into horror villains? And then it just led to that. But it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of interesting. It looks like like one of the screenshots I saw had both Winnie and uh, I'm assuming Piglet uh, in the screenshot. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Like we're going to have a whole ensemble of these like brutal slasher Winnie the Pooh characters, which is pretty funny. Um, maybe something akin to like the dead the Deadites from Hellraiser or um, like Five Nights at Freddy's or something. But no, I think this uh, this looks at least entertaining. Like, even if the movie sucks, I think it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> so, I don't know if you have any th any further thoughts on it, though. I don't. It just struck me as something bonkers and had to bring it up. Yeah. All right. Um, we got a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk about, so we're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, so, time to talk some Lucasfilm stuff, because it's Star Wars Celebration Weekend. A crap ton of stuff is dropping. Um... One thing that's kind of outside the Star Wars realm is Indiana Jones 5 is coming. There is no title yet for this, but James Mangold did drop a first image from the movie. And I don't know if it's going to be a poster shot or if this is just an unclean monochrome kind of a shot. But it's Indiana Jones walking on a bridge in like a cave. Um, and he's oh, got cool. a light beam coming around. It looks really cool. Um, just makes you excited. It's kind of like, don't forget that we're out there. You know what I mean? um yeah absolutely so, yeah cool. i don't know if i haven't seen that screenshot i'm trying to find it but yeah sounds awesome um, <laughs> oh i think i saw it yeah it looks that looks amazing <laughs> now before before star wars celebration hit vanity fair well during our week off peter vanity fair launched a massive star wars article which caused one of my friend's kids to tell me that cassian andor is going to be in the Mandal. I'm sorry, the Mandalorian is going to be in the Obi Wan show, and I said if he is, the Mandalorian will be a kid, and we got into this argument about timelines, and I realized, <laughs> and I realized I was arguing with a 12 year old, um, but he eventually <laughs> saw my point because he didn't realize where certain shows took place. <laughs> um, so, and that's just the, it was the cover of Vanity Fair had a picture of Ahsoka, Mando, and. Uh, Obi-Wan, Cassie and Andor, because these are the shows coming, you know? Absolutely. Um, anyway, the Vanity Fair article released a lot of interesting things um, where Kathleen Kennedy states um, that 
We're now about persistent storytelling, not trilogies. We all recognize every single one of us that this is a new chapter for the company and then we need to be all working together to create the architecture that we are and where we were going where we are going. Now what's interesting about that is the biggest complaint about the sequel trilogy I think is that people are like you guys had no plan. Mm-hmm. You guys it was Star Wars by committee. You're like what works? Let's make it PC because we're trying to appease everybody. And that's not how you make Star Wars. You need a plan, you plot out the story, you do what's best for the characters, you do what's best for your audience, and then you go make your thing. So it sounds like she's like, no, we learned a lot, of, we made mistakes. It's like, it's the admittance of we made some mistakes, we learned from them, and we're going forward with a lot of cool stuff. Um, right. There is uh, the Ryan Johnson Star Wars trilogy that we've been hearing about since episode eight released is currently on hold. Right. Um, okay. They're saying that his schedule got very um, uh, packed and it was a very complicated schedule to deal with because he's got um, Knives Out coming out, Knives Out 2 coming, and he's got a Netflix deal he made for some other stuff. So, and they're saying that his Star Wars trilogy had to go on a back burner. I think that's a way of saying things got weird with The Last Jedi and we basically had to tell him to hold on a second, <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest. Yeah, um, the Ryan Johnson trilogy apparently is still out there because they're still talking about it. Um, also from the, um, also from the uh, Vanity Fair article, Cassie and Andor season will have, sorry, Cassie and Andor will have multiple seasons. Season two will have twelve episodes. That makes me think that the first season will have six to maybe eight. Um, so six to maybe eight episodes for that first season of Andor, but season two will have 12. So that was good to hear that we're getting a season two of Andor. Nice. Um, the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie could be the next film released because the next one that was supposed to be was Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron. But because of Patty Jenkins schedule, um, that film has been a little delayed. It's still coming. It's just a little delayed. Um, so we might see Taika Waititi Star Wars movie first, which is kind of crazy. Cool. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, what else do we got? John Watts, who just left Spider-Man, is working on uh, 80s emblem-inspired Star Wars series. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home director John Watts may be taking a short break from Marvel, but he isn't going far. The show is being described as Star Wars version of some of Emblem's coming-of-age films from the 1980s, like E.T. and the Goonies. The series takes place after Return of the Jedi, roughly the same era as The Mandalorian. We're going to come back to this in a second. Because Star Wars Celebration is going on right now. So before we jump to Star Wars Celebration news, um, here's the upcoming stuff for Star Wars right now. Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out this week. Andor comes out late this summer. Mandalorian Season 3, late 22, early 2023. This is from the Vanity Fair article, but we learned today that Mandalorian actually comes out February of 2023. Um, okay. So we know for a fact that Mandalorian Season 3 hits on February. And then we have the Ahsoka series will be in 2023 for sure. And then the Acolyte still is waiting for a release date, but they are currently in the production of it. Awesome. That's all from the Vanity Fair article. Let's go back to the John and Watch thing real quick. They announced the celebration today. There's a new series called Skeleton Crew. All right. Then. From Dave Filoni, John Favreau. Uh, Christopher Ward, John, Christopher Ford, John Watts. 
Um, Skeleton Crew is also going to star Jude Law. Um, the Skeleton, Skeleton Crew series being developed by Spider-Man trilogy director John Watch. The story is set to, in the New Republic era, which is New Republic era means post-Return of the Jedi, um, and tells the story of a group of kids lost in the Star Wars galaxy trying to find their way home. Um, so there's your Goonies thing that he was talking about. <laughs> absolutely. You know I mean? That's awesome. Yeah, just absolutely. Um, so I'm totally down for the idea of this. I was like, because I saw the title card, and I'm like, Skeleton Crew, what's that? And then I'm like, oh, I bet that's a new show. And then I got home from work, fired up the thing, and started watching this, um, all the stuff. Um, <laughs> right on. Well so, yeah. said. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's just been streaming Star Wars um, nonstop in my house. And that's how it's basically going to be for the weekend, basically. Like, ooh, what panel's on? Um, okay, so let's talk Lucasfilm. A couple trailers hit today. First off, we do have a final Obi-Wan trailer, which I've seen several times because during the streaming of um, – What's it called? Uh, Star Wars Celebration. They've aired it like multiple times, but that's okay because we're going to watch this. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't have to get up at 5 a.m. tomorrow, I'd be staying up till midnight to watch Obi-Wan. So I'll just watch it tomorrow. <laughs> <home from work. laughs> yeah. Um, th- there's a spoiler embargo until Monday anyway, so I think we'll be okay. Um, the uh, By the way, that's how I feel. Spoiler embargoes until we can talk, um, until everyone sees it. Um the Andor trailer dropped. What do you yes. think, man? This this looks epic. It looks sad, and it looks dark, and it looks exciting. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, we're going to do like a backwater planet stuff, and maybe some stormtroopers are going to show. That's what it looks like, but it looks like there's going to be a lot more stormtroopers than we think. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's kind of what I was left with, just like how epic it looks and action-packed it looks and uh... – It's cool to see that there's a story to tell. Like, there's a lot of um, intricate little, like, nooks and crannies they're going to take us into, besides it just being, like, kind of a quieter origin story where not a lot happens. Like, it looks like a lot's going to happen, and that's really what I was left with this. And uh, early, a little bit ago, you mentioned season two of Andor, which um, is kind of cool. They have that much of a story to tell, so, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, Other than, yeah, I'm not even sure what else to say. Like, I really enjoyed the sort of, um, I don't know how I want to phrase it, but the sort of rebellious, like, I feel like that's such an obvious word to use, but they're really focusing on the sort of rebellion against the Empire in this, which I think is really fun to the rebellious nature of the show, if that makes sense. Um, And I can't remember a lot of the specific lines and details as far as that goes, so it's hard for me to expound on it. But no, it just looks cool, I guess. (laughs) Um, This just looks like the Empire is like... This is full swing evil, evil empire type stuff, which is kind of interesting. And uh, we're going to get to see the espionage side of things, which we knew we were getting. It just it just I was really excited for it. I think it also like it's going to show us like some of the day to day atrocities that the empire like committed on just like regular people, because we're always like in the middle of like these larger than life characters in the Star Wars universe. And I don't think we always see like the just regular everyday people and like how the empire affected them. And I think that's like a big, going to be a big aspect of this too, which is pretty cool. If that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Um, and then finally, let's talk about one more thing that released. Now here's the thing before we close, we'll talk about this one trailer and then we'll hit the list, but we're going into it's celebration weekend. There's going to be so much star Wars news to discuss. Um, 
that we're going to come back next week and it's going to be just bonkers. So um, I can't wait to discuss the more reveals they have. And I hope I can catch some of the other panels because the Mandalorian panel was this morning and I was at work and I didn't get to watch it. So um, but the Willow trailer dropped today for yeah. the Willow television series. Um, give me your take on this, man, because this I, one, I can't <laughs> wait to watch Willow again. But this looks so awesome. Like. I don't it's I it's hard to say because I almost feel speechless, but this just looks like everything that I want out of a Willow trailer, like out of a new Willow series. Like it just looks it looks super epic. It looks updated as far as like the action and the cinematography and stuff, but it also feels really familiar, which is awesome. And we saw a lot of glimpses of things that are familiar to us. Like there's the shot of uh, like one of the brownies giving Willow a high five towards the end of the trailer. And there's just so many moments, but I loved, I really loved that the trailer opens with like a couple wide landscape shots and it really, I think they did a good job of conveying that they're going to immerse us back in the fantasy world of Willow that we haven't been to in so long. And I don't it's hard for me to even know what else to say. Um, I will say that I've only watched the trailer once. And so I'm sure there's a ton of bits I've been forgetting. But this is the one trailer this week that I watched. And I was like, I need to watch this like five or six more times because it looks that good. And there's just so many details. And it's like I just had a smile on my face you know, by the, by the time it ended, I don't know about you. What, what were, what were your thoughts on this? I know I'm pretty vague here, but it took, no, it took me back real quick. It took me back. Yes. That level of like kid excitement, like, man, I just, this, it just had me so excited for that universe again. Um, it sucks that Val Kilmer can't do it or return as Mad Martin because yeah. he's got his throat cancer. So he can't come back, but that was Sorsha. Man, mm-hmm. Sorsha, they got the actress back to play Sorsha. And I was like, whoa, she's back. That's awesome. And then Vonkar is back. And then I think we got a glimpse of his wife, which means she's still back. So it looks like they tried to bring back as many repeating actors as they could. Yeah, there's all this new cast, but who else could come back? I would love to find out that they were able to get Kevin Pollock back to play uh, Raji, uh, the little brownie that gave him the high five. Mm-hmm. I think that would yeah. be so amazing if they did that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if Kevin Pollock's free because he's got his Miss Maisel stuff going on, <laughs> his own thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that'd be great if they could. But I was just so like excited, and I honestly can't wait to watch Willow again. You yeah. Know? Like I can't. Like I really want to sit down and watch Willow again in prep for the show. So. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's um, one of those. I don't know what to say because it just looks so good. Um, my one question about it, because I know you read some of the Chris Claremont, like Willow books or whatever. Yeah. Right. So I didn't know if there was anything familiar to you as far as those books go in the trailer. From the trailer, not necessarily. Okay. Because um, I, I just don't know how old Elora Dannon is. I don't know where this set is. This 30 years later? Is this like, where is this set? Because in the novel, Elora Dannon is 13. So in right. only 13 years had passed since the events of the original film. So and, the, and then you that, see these new characters throughout the trailer and you're like, is that a Laura Dannon or is that somebody else? Wait, is that her, you know? And yeah, yes, I guess we'll, we're going to have to watch and find out <laughs> in this case. Yeah, um, but I, the character names stand out on their own. So as you hear them in dialogue, you're like, oh, there it is. 
But yeah. there are certain, there's other characters that stand out. So seeing Sorsha, you know, I watched it on my phone at work and I was like, oh, the Willow trailer. And then I'm like, I got to watch this when I get home on a bigger screen. So I have watched the trailer twice, but that's how I would realize that that was Sorsha. You know, that's how I caught Von Carr and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, dude, just excited for Willow. It's going to be cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and then this discussion is just, I can't wait to watch this show. And I'm just thinking about when the show comes out, it's going to air uh, as weekly episodes. And I want to just binge through it. Like, it's going to suck to have to wait week to week. <laughs> but I'm already thinking about that right now. So <laughs> I know, I know. I hope they were able to get Burgle Cut to come back. <laughs> oh, for sure. Scott would be ecstatic if they can get yeah, yeah. his, his favorite his favorite character. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, are you ready to talk tonight's list? Because that was a ton of news. We're going to have more next week. So let's talk about tonight's list, shall we? Absolutely. Which could go quick. So let's roll the thing and see where we're at. So we ready? Here we go. Top five. Okay, Peter, uh, this is uh, your list, so give me a rundown on this one. Yeah, I picked our top five favorite pirates the, this week, and it was kind of not a ton of thought put into it, but it's kind of one of those <laughs> things where, like, the weather's getting nice, and I'm thinking about swimming and boating and, uh, you know, the imaginative part of me always goes to pirates and stuff when it comes to water sports and stuff. And I just thought it was a cool, like seasonal list. It gets me in the mood for summer, but it's also like pirates are badass. And I just thought it'd be fun to talk our, about our favorite pirate characters from pop culture. So yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this list in general, or if you just wanted to dive in. No pun intended. So my, <laughs> so my thoughts on this list are as follows. I was not expecting this list to be as difficult as it was. Um, wow, okay. Difficult in the sense that when you look up pirates and pop culture, wow, there's not a lot. And so I was yes. like, we might have some crossover. But the other thing is, is that some of the pirates in pop culture are derived so heavily from real life that, you know, Blackbird was a Blackbird. Blackbeard was a real guy, and he's got a yeah. fictional persona. Do you know what I mean? So that I found interesting when I was trying to piece this list together. Um so, yeah, let's I, see. Where this I goes. think, well, I think Blackbeard can still count, but you'd have to be like, I pick the, you know, portrayal of Blackbeard from Pirates of the Caribbean as opposed to like the historical figure, if that makes sense. Um, so I have two honorable mentions. I'm surprised <laughs> I did. <laughs> I do as well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I have to go first because this was your pick. Um. My first honorable mention, which I feel like I'm going to get ostracized for, but that's okay, is Jack Sparrow. Um, okay. I think he's a great pirate. I think he's a lot of fun as a character. But I think he's gotten a little over – I think he's a little overhyped. And I remember when I watched the original movie – I'm literally going back to the original, not the sequels, just the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie with Johnny Depp. Um, I was more invested into Will Turner – as the lead character than Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow to me felt like a secondary supporting. Ooh, okay. That's he interesting. Did, he did not feel like the main character of the movie at all. Yeah. When you that's move really into, interesting. When you move into the other movies, 
that definitely feels like it's the case. But Jack Sparrow does not feel like the main character of Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I feel, I honestly think Will Turner was meant to be the main character. Um, but I, I could be, I could be wrong. It's just how I took it. So I was more invested into that. I mean, it starts with Will Turner as a little kid. You meet Elizabeth Swan, then Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan have their thing. Jack Sparrow arrives on the island and the adventure begins. But it's almost like Jack Sparrow was like the helper character for the other two. And you were invested in their love story and all that stuff leading up to the end. I just felt like he was Will Turner was the, you know, was the character. Um, He is kind of just like a badass character. And like, he's such a good rabble riser, rouser and stuff. And he really is a character that people glom onto. But you have a good point in that, like, especially for the first movie, really probably like, I don't know, the first trilogy, he does kind of, he is kind of more of a side, like he is one of the main characters, but not always the main focus at all points. And uh, yeah, in a weird way, I'm like thinking of the movie Clerks with this, where, you know, Dante is like the main character, but everybody wants to be either Jay and Silent Bob or Randall, even though Dante is the main character. And I feel like this is a similar situation. (laughs) Not to bring right. everything back to Kevin Smith, but no, that's what it reminded it, me of. No, I totally hear what you're saying. I just, that's how I felt. And I was like, and you know, I love, I thought that first movie was astounding. But when everyone glommed onto the Johnny Depp thing, I was like, yeah, Jack Sparrow's okay, but he's not the main character. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so Jack Sparrow, that's the only reason he makes honorable mention on my list, just because I think he's a little overhyped and I never thought of him as the lead character in the franchise. So, um, what do you got for me? Right on. So uh, my first honorable mention, I'm going to go with Douglas or in quotes, Dog Brown, uh, who is the villain from the Cutthroat Island movie. Um, and this is a character who I just thought he made like a really badass, mean sort of enemy uh, pirate captain for them to battle against and stuff. But when it comes down to it, the reason I picked him and the reason he's an honorable mention is he's just got the coolest sword in the movie. And he has one of the coolest swords <laughs> of like any movie. He's got that cool like pirate cutlass, but it's it's got a serrated blade, which you never see in old school pirate movies like that no, serrated you blade. That, you see that in the fantasy when they wanted to make it look more menacing, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. But I just think it's I think it looks really badass and it was. It was just such a cool sword. That's really why it made my list. And while I was preparing my list, I I Googled like pictures of his sword specifically. And it's even more badass than I remembered it being like at the bottom of the handle. There's like a little like uh, cast like uh, upside down skull at the bottom of it and stuff. And it's just like this guy's sword is so badass. <laughs> He's making an honorable mention for me. So. Right. right oh, he, He's a cool character. Um. All right, so my next honorable mention, which I feel like you're going to be mad at, is uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts. Okay. Uh, now, the reason I say this is makes an honorable mention is because we never actually got to meet the Dread Pirate Roberts. Um, we got to meet Wesley, who was not the Dread Pirate Roberts. He was, well, he is because he took up the mantle of the Dread Pirate Roberts and hid behind the mask and the montage that it was the big, it's a big secret that it gets passed down from generation to generation. To me, Wesley was the hero. He happened yeah. to be a pirate because of what happened, but he was still the hero. He wasn't like the villain. And I feel like the Dread Pirate Roberts was meant to be a villain character. So we never really got to meet 
him, but the whole legend behind what makes the Dread Pirate Roberts who he is and why it's carried on as a legend in that story is what's fascinating to me. So that's where it gets really cool. And that's why uh, that's the only reason it makes a honorable mention is because we never really got to see that character. So that's fair. And I think it is it is a really fascinating concept, like how it how the the mantle of the Dread Pirate Roberts gets passed down to uh, different people as this like immortal sort of uh, concept. Like that's a really cool idea. But I don't know, like I was thinking about this character while putting my list together. And uh, the one thing I was thinking of is like, yes, like Wesley is the hero in uh, The Princess Bride. But I was thinking like if he's been living how many years as a pirate and just thinking of all the pillaging he's been doing. And it's kind of interesting to like he's not really that good of a guy, is he? You know, and it's kind of this weird he's maybe more of an anti-hero than we give him credit for. And maybe that the uh, movie portrays him as. So I thought that was just kind of funny thinking about that. Sure. Um, what's your next honorable mention? So my next one, uh, I went with uh, Steve, the pirate. from Dodgeball. The pirate. I didn't even think this was allowed. <laughs> well, it's an honorable mention. So, um, but yeah, Steve, the pirate, uh, if you haven't seen Dodgeball, I don't know what's wrong with you, but he's the character who's on the Dodgeball team who thinks he's a pirate and dresses and acts like one. This and player on our team that dresses like a pirate. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's just it's just a funny uh, it's just a funny gag that plays out through the movie. But at the same time, if you look at the character of Steve, like this is a guy who he's living the life he wants to live and he doesn't care about what anybody thinks of him. And that isn't that really what we all want to do? Like, wouldn't you all just want to go out and cosplay as a pirate? every day and just not care about what the world thinks of you like yeah that's something to aspire to when it really comes down to it so that's why he makes my list (laughs) absolutely dude that's great um all right first picks so my first pick is going to be elizabeth swan from caribbean um look she wanted to be a pirate from a very young age and throughout the series we got to watch her grow into that and in terms of her growth as a character, I think she grows more than most. So when they got to a point where she became pirate King, that was awesome. You know what I mean? It's just, and I love that part in uh, world's end where she throws it down when they like question her and she's just like King. (laughs) You can't (laughs) argue with me because I'm the pirate King. You know what I mean? Like it was awesome. It was great. And like I watching Kara Knightley go through that was so much fun. And she was one of those characters while I was watching it. I'm like, I'm always like, go back to Karen Knightley. What's she up to? Um, because she seemed like a fish out of water for a little while as then she like adapts and like grows and like just flowed with the story the whole time. It was just, it was just great to watch. So yeah, Elizabeth Swan. I, I think this is a really good pick because you're saying stuff about her character that like I knew, but I didn't really ever put thought to. And that's really interesting. But she does have, for the reasons you point out, pointed out, I think she has one of the most interesting character arcs out of those movies. So, uh, yeah, that's just a really cool pick and some good points. So, All right, man. What's your first one? What you got? Yeah. Uh, to go with another Pirates of the Caribbean one, I went with uh, Davy Jones from those yeah. movies. And uh, this is a character who I just think it's, you have this sort of Davy Jones as like this sort of uh, almost like a folktale or like a cliche that's just kind of part of the public 
subconscious, you know, and I think the Pirates movies did a really interesting job of like personifying this, uh, this character as this sort of, uh, you know, cephalopod or almost like Cthulhu-esque, you know, humanoid who has this uh, underwater ship filled with like all these other uh, crew members who have passed away. And I love the whole like, I love how like the longer you're part of Davy Jones's crew, you become kind of like more one with the sea. You start to look more animalistic, more monstrous if you will and it's just some really cool concepts in there that i really loved but other than that like this is a character who the aesthetics of are just so freaking cool like he just looks amazing and uh i don't know it's just always whenever you see davy jones in like a sword fight or something in those movies he just looks awesome and uh yeah he just had to make my list i think he's a cool character overall cool yeah um (laughs) I'm sorry for that noise. I went to look at something on my phone and I didn't realize the volume was up. Like, well, I was going to say, if, if you want to like strike a gong after all of my picks, no. I'm totally down with that. <laughs> I literally was checking something while you were talking. I was literally checking because like what we were talking about versus what I was about to say next, I was checking. And then okay. like, I didn't expect an ad to pop up. I'm like silence, quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, the. Look, the only thing I didn't like about Davy Jones was I got bored with the character design of the, like, coral reef pirates. Like, I right, thought they were okay. cool at first, but I got really bored with the design. Um, it, I did, they didn't seem nearly as menacing as the skeleton pirates. Uh, from the Yeah, first. that's a good point. So that's my only beef with the Davy Jones thing. I mean, actually, him, but the rest of the pirates are just, like, the, the skeletons were cooler. Um, <laughs> and when he think of all the underwater creatures there are they could make some really they could have made some much creepier versions so i think that's a fair criticism yeah um all right so the next character uh the next pirate on my list is ann bonnie um ann bonnie kind of comes from a little bit of like legit folklore turned into pop culture um ann bonnie is best the best place i can tell you to find her would be from a television series called Black Sails, which was on Stars. Okay. Um, she is one of those like super calculating, roguish kind of characters that hides in the shadows and strikes, and she's brutal and she's ruthless and um, she's she's awesome. Like she's one of the coolest characters on the show. Black Sails. Um, is a television show that was on stars. The best way I would liken it would be is if I would compare it to Game of Thrones with pirates mm-hmm. in terms of the politics and how the show plays out. Um, but it's all the events that take place leading up to the opening of the novel Treasure Island by Robert, Robert Louis Stevenson, um, which is great because so you see in that show, you see how Captain Flint was as a pirate with his crew and everything gathering the treasure that eventually gets buried on the island that becomes the story of Treasure Island. Um, and Anne Bonnie is one of the competing pirates that um, is on one of the other ships and all that stuff. It's She's fantastic, really good with the sword, really quick, like I said, brutal and ruthless, and she's awesome. Um, nice. Yeah, and if you don't know the show, that's okay. Mo- the rest of my picks are all related to this. And there's a reason. So go ahead. Continue your next. Oh. What do you got next? <laughs> nice. Um, okay. So the next one, um, I went with Adventure. 
<laughs> which you might be like, what are you talking about? But yeah. Adventure is the character from the Page Master. He is the book who is meant to represent adventure oh. stories. <laughs> Yeah. So if you remember the Page Master, um, the Page Master is an awesome movie, by the way. I love it. I think it's a great uh, kids film, but it stars Macaulay Culkin and he goes to a library in the movie and he's transported into this really cool sort of book world that he goes to. And uh, there's three books that lead him around this world. And, uh, it, you know, it's one it's a hybrid film, like it starts live action and it goes to animation. But the three books that lead him around the world is fantasy um, adventure and horror. And, uh, they're all these like little cartoon anthropomorphic books that represent these three different genres of literature. And, uh, adventure is this pirate book that, uh, takes them around and they end up encountering like, uh, Moby Dick and Captain Ahab. And then, you know, there's a whole, uh, Peter Pan, like Captain Hook aspect of it. And, uh, I really love this movie. And I think, out of the three main books, I think the adventure one I always thought was really cool. Um, and also, like, I didn't realize this, but researching my list for this episode, I found out that Patrick Stewart actually did the voice acting for this character. And thinking back on the movie, the voice acting for this character, not to mention, like, the other characters, too, but I think Adventure had, like, some really cool voice acting. And you don't often hear Patrick Stewart do a pirate voice, which is pretty mm-hmm. neat, I would say. So... <laughs> I don't know. I just love this movie. I probably watch it like every couple of years. I'll like pop it in because I just think it's a great, great film. So I, I forgot. Yeah. about that. I completely forgot about that movie, but good poll. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Um, all right. My next one is also coming from Black Sails slash Treasure Island, and that's Captain Flint. Um, watching his story evolve leading up to one of my favorite novels, Treasure Island. Um, it was really hard for me to stray outside of the treasure Island trope, man. It's like almost everyone of my awesome. picks comes from this <laughs> because it, it was such that that novel treasure Island was such an influence on my life. But captain Flint is the pirate that gathered all the treasure to get buried on the Island. And like the political intrigue sits behind the treasure, where the treasure came from, why everyone wants it, the political background stuff to it. Like I said, it's a little game of Thrones of pirates and are we going to give up the treasure? Are we not? And then it gets buried and, yeah, watching it play out, and then when you compare that to the novel and them having to go and dig up the treasure, that's a huge deal knowing where it came from. So seeing this all this crazy backstory stuff was just awesome. And the stuff you don't know when you watch, you know. Yeah, when you watch the movie. When you when you when you read the book, there's just a lot of this you don't know about because it's not explored. So yeah, Captain Flint, he was the he was the one in charge of all that before all the mutinies and everything else. So, yeah. Nice. All right. What do you got? Okay. So uh, my next one is um, pretty on the nose, I think, but I went with uh, Captain Hook. Um, <laughs> I've, I've always loved uh, Peter Pan and like, there's so many different versions of Captain Hook that I love, but my favorite is probably of course, uh, Dustin Hoffman's portrayal of the character in in the movie hook. But this is just one, like it's classic, like, I remember being a kid and watching Peter Pan all the time at my grandparents' house. And just, it's a, it's a story that's like, they, they keep rebooting it. So it's just like always there. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say too much. Just like, this is a character I've always loved. So I had to make my list, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear you. Captain Hook. What's funny about Captain Hook is he kept, 
he was like you search pirates in pop culture and it's like Captain Hook, Captain Hook, Captain Hook. There's so many iterations of him. Um, mm. The big question is what's Captain Hook's name when he has a hand? That's, that's funny. That's the real. That's the real question that comes to mind because he's Captain Hook because of his hook. But what was his name before he had the hook? Um, yeah, that's the real question. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. That could have been a, a good opening joke, to be honest. It, it could have. I just, I just ruined it. Anyway, um, so my next one is another one from Black Sails. Like I said, this all week, my my favorite book growing up, the book that got me to read was Treasure Island, and it was all about pirates. This is comes. And this, like, you throw in the fact that, you know, I, I love swords and sword fighting and swashbuckling adventures and all that. It's just how I grew up. Um, so watching Black Sails and getting all this backstory, one of the most fearsome pirates in the series, which, and this is a character that chewed the scenery so much that if he wasn't on screen, I was like, where is he? And that's Captain Charles Vane. Um, this guy, this guy was incredible. And like, I'm telling you, Go watch Black Sails. It's the series is over. It's four seasons. It's been over for year a few years, um, but it's it's the show is so good. Um, but he he was ruthless and bloody and violent, and he was one of those characters that like he was just so good at what he was doing that you're just like this guy needs to be on screen every waking moment of the time. And he was he was just fantastic. So Charles Vane is my next pick. I know I'm pulling pirates from like one franchise, but it was like <laughs> I was looking at the list and trying to make this a diverse list. I was like, I'm pulling from the same thing because I loved it so much. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, but, I haven't I haven't watched Black Sails, unfortunately, so I can't comment too much on these. But I've been looking I've been me, Googling the characters of you. What, what were you saying? Let me tell you this. If you go and watch Black Sails, the next time someone brings up Pirates of the Caribbean, you're going to go, what's that? That's honestly like the <laughs> highest praise I can give it is like because I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean sits on such a pedestal. You're going to laugh at Pirates of the Caribbean as being what it is once you see Black Sails. It's just so incredible. Oh, I can only imagine that like Pirates of the Caribbean is the household name. But, yeah, I definitely right. Understand where you're coming from. Uh, looking I up actually, the act- I actually won a Twitter contest for Black Sales. Someone told me that there was some Twitter contest where, like, all you had to do was like retweet or follow or like whatever, and your name gets put in a contest. And then I actually won. My name got drawn, and I won a uh, a T-shirt, a bottle opener, and a copy of Black Sales season three on Blu-ray. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so um, I, that was really nice to get. The, I got the package in the house. I'm like. Um, I got the, what do you order? I'm like, I don't know. And I opened it up. I'm like, oh shit, I won something. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead, man. Oh, sure. So um, speaking of Black Sails putting Pirates of the Caribbean to shame, <laughs> my uh, second to last pick of the night, I actually did go with Captain Jack Sparrow. I think and, I uh, expected you to go with that, so. Well, I think what you said about him earlier, I think is absolutely true, because especially the first two to three movies, he definitely is a side character. I feel like until he dies in the second movie and they're like, we're going to bring him back to life. I feel like he wasn't the main focus before that, but he's still like such a cool character. I feel like he's kind of a timeless character in certain ways, and he's kind of one of those things where the first Pirates of the Caribbean came out when I was like, I think I was like middle school or early high school. And this was just kind of like the character 
actor who personified like everything I wanted like a fictional pirate to be my whole life. And then like, I finally got just this like badass wisecracking, like just dastardly cool character that captain Jack Sparrow was. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't have too much to, else to say. I just think he's a, he is a really good character that I think. Um, yeah. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> maybe he's a bit, maybe he's a bit played out at this point, but he, he is, he is cool. So <laughs> I do think that he deserves the hype. I just think he's a little overhyped. Um, but I'm totally with you and I agree with you. I just never felt that he was the main character. Yeah. At least for those first three, like definitely not the first one, but I don't know. Um, all right. So my last pick of the night, unfortunately it falls into the realm of black sales, but this is because of treasure Island being my favorite book. And that is long John silver. Um, this is a pirate that goes back to not just, the novel Treasure Island, but actual pirate history and folklore to um, myth and then throw in the Black Sails television show and all that stuff. Um, Long John Silver was the big evil. He was the big bad. He was the nightmare that we all hid behind and everything. Um, such a such a cool character. And he was he's like, you know, when I was Treasure Island's the book that got me to read. It was the book, you know, you're sitting in the back of the car, a long car ride, and, you know, your parents bring you books and stuff, and you're just like, what's this, Treasure Island? Okay, like, you start reading, and you just keep going, and you're just like, this book's amazing. And it was the first book that really opened my eyes to that, um, into the world of, like, your imagination from page to your imagination, you know? And um, in, in a way, Long John Silver was, like, the Darth Vader of that book, and mm -hmm. he's such an iconic villain in the realm of pirate history that um, uh, it's just really great stuff. What they did with him in black sales was really cool because long John silver famously has a peg leg and um, in the movie, uh, sorry, in black sales, when you meet him, he has both his legs. So, you know, over the course of the series, he's getting that leg cut off at some point. Um, and that is a crazy, crazy moment when it happens in the show. But then um, when you meet him, you know, in Pirate in uh, Treasure Island, he does he's missing that leg, um, and it's part of a nightmare sequence that uh, Jim Hawkins has when he's like, you know, what, was, what do you mean this pirate with one leg and all that stuff? Um, Long John Silver, one of the best iterations in my opinion, because you know Muppets Treasure Island, Long John Silver was played by Tim Curry, and you know there's been various iterations of it. Um, in my opinion, the best version of Long John Silver was um, Charlton Heston's uh, version of Long John Silver. And that is from uh, it was from the 90 early 90s. Charlton Heston and Christian Bale, like such a really great take on the yeah. book. Um, I, it does not. It follows the book really well. But if you watch Black Sails, that's not the Long John Silver you're expecting. So jumping into Treasure Island, the movie it doesn't fit right because it's two different actors and you're like, well, hold on. I was just watching this one amazing thing. You know what I mean? In my opinion, <laughs> it just fits differently when you piece it together. Um, so I really wish they would have done treasure Island as a like, Hey, we're not going to do a full season treasure Island, but we're going to do a movie to close it. I think it would have been so cool if black sales did that, but yeah, long John silver goes, this goes all the way back to childhood pirate stuff for me. So. Absolutely. Well, I think, um, I think it's a great pick and I love the uh, timelessness and archetypalness of this character and stuff, but I literally couldn't say anything that you 
didn't just say. So, uh, yeah, great pick. <laughs> and, and he's got a seafood restaurant. So, right uh, on. <laughs> all right, dude. What else do you got? What's yeah, your last um, pick yeah, for sure. So saving for my last pick, I actually went with one you already mentioned, Drew, but I went with uh, Wesley as the Dread Pirate Roberts. Um, and we kind of already talked about this character, so I don't need to talk too much. But I think you do have a good point. Like in Princess Bride, we don't see him doing like any piracy at all. But I think just the concept of the mantle of the Dread Pirate Roberts being passed down, like I really loved that. And of course, this is like one of my like this is up there. This is like top five favorite movies of all time for me. So I definitely love this character. I think it's also like I love the man in black persona, too. Like, I love the idea of a pirate wearing like all black and like the mask and stuff, um, which I don't know if he if that was part of his persona as the Dread Pirate Roberts. But I think it's a cool concept to think about. Um, it's kind of interesting because when you watch Princess Bride, you have the one crew of like you have like Vicini and his crew that kind of play the pirate role. But I always got the feeling that they were more just opportunists, you know, as opposed to lifelong pirates and stuff. So there's a cool duality there. But uh, no, I, I just love this pick. So I had to it had to make my list. And he probably is my favorite pirate out of pop culture. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't really have too much else to say um, at this point. Yeah, right <laughs> and I kind of already said it i guess yeah <laughs> um well hey man so this is what we're gonna do next week it is star wars celebration well first off because of top gun i've been so excited about stuff and i was like dude we should do tom cruise movies but guess what we already did that um <laughs> we already did tom cruise movies and i was thinking to myself oh that'd be cool but we did tom cruise back in episode 25 of our big run so wow. um, yeah i mean movies have come out i don't know if it's ready to re uh Re, um, refresh that list because I do know that at some point you and I might want to refresh some lists. Um, but we did Tom Cruise episode 25. So if you want to go back and check that out, but I was also like, it's the 20, it's star Wars celebration week. It's the 20th anniversary of star Wars episode two. It is the 45th anniversary of star Wars, uh, a new hope. Um, that's kind of big stuff. So, I was like, what can we do that's Star Wars related? And then I was like, oh, you know what? I don't want to do Star Wars, Star Wars. Let's choose an actor. So we're going to do Samuel L. Jackson movies next week. Um, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, who's got a really big body of work? This could be fun. So Samuel L. Jackson movies, because um, we haven't done him. We haven't discussed his career yet. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the long running joke for a long time was that Samuel L. Jackson shows up in everything. So, like, yes, he has a large body of work and we could pull out some really random stuff for next yep. week. And then also, like, you know, are you going to have three Star Wars prequels on your list? Are you going to m- narrow it down and which one do you pick? You know, that's another interesting debate. But, uh, yeah, really, really good call. This will be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was just thinking to myself, let's do an actor. I was like, ooh, let's do something related. Oh, wait, no, we can't do that. We can't do this. Like, who's <laughs> mm. got a big body of work? You know, that kind of thing. So um, I think it'd be really cool to knock this one out and let's see what happens. Um so, yeah, I think that brings this episode to the end. Do you want to throw it in the can? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. Well, everyone, do us all a favor. Check out our website at topfivereport.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter, Facebook, along with the email, topfivereport at gmail.com. 
you can hit us up either place works um if uh you can um where was I? Wow. Okay. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to us in those places, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better, and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Drew. I'm sorry, on Twitter and um, Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, as I'm done stumbling over that outro, Peter, where can I find you? <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be spreading the word that lobsters are really just scorpion mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, all right. Well, everyone, uh, for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.